Good morning. Look there, somebody drew a smiley face on my paper. <laughs> welcome to worship in the name of the Lord. We extend a special welcome to those worshiping online. We're appreciative, glad to have you here. Pastor Brian is away attending the LCMS Synodical Convention in Milwaukee. And I'm sure we'll get a wonderful report from him about the events of the convention when he gets back. Today's sermon is based on the gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 13. Two parables meant to give the disciples and us reassurance of our value to the Lord. May your faith be strengthened by the words and music and the blessing of our Lord's body and blood this morning.
Please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God's ways are unsearchable. All things, and we ourselves, belong to him. Although you have sinned, God still surrounds you with his protection, like the mountains around Jerusalem. He never rests in his seeking to guide your hands to do good. He has sent his word to turn your thoughts back to his grace and mercy. His peace is made sure for you in the life, death, and resurrection of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his gracious love, God declares you to be his good and righteous children. At the command of Christ and through the power of the cross and the resurrection, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
peace, let us pray to the Lord. For God's peace upon us and all who call out to him, let us pray to the Lord. For peace among this world's people for whom Christ died, let us pray to the Lord. For us here and for the church around the world, gathered around word and sacrament, let us pray to the Lord. Help us, Heavenly Father. Save us, gracious Lord. Comfort us, O Holy Spirit, and defend us according to your gracious will, O God. Please be seated.
Please rise. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, that receiving what you have promised through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading from this morning is taken from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is, is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This is the word of the Lord. We read Psalm 125 responsibly. Those who trust in the Lord like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away Peace be upon Israel. Our epistle reading for this morning is taken from the book of, uh, written by Paul to the church in Rome, chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. We know that those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor heights nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our gradual and verse for this day. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom of knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory Alleluia, I will open my voice in parables. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has to buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Please be seated. We sing hymn number 743. Oh. 
Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What seems to be the hot topic of today is stress. You can hardly pass through a supermarket check stand without seeing multiple articles about how harmful stress can be and how to handle it. Maybe what we all need is a word of encouragement. We need to be built up. Sometimes we just need some comfort. The disciples were feeling that stress and needing that comfort and encouragement. Things were starting to change and not for the better. For a while, Jesus' popularity had grown and grown, and why wouldn't it? He did miracles. He taught with authority. He healed people. He cast out demons. The crowds got bigger. I'm told that on the social media site Facebook, you can post a picture of yourself and say what's going on in your life that day. Personally, why anyone thinks the world needs to see them smiling in a selfie with the title, Here I am at the mall, I cannot understand. I suppose it's my age. On Facebook, you can keep up with the grandkids or learn when someone's had a baby or show off a pet doing something funny. You can post an inspirational saying or a short video that makes people laugh. If they enjoyed your Facebook post, they can click on the word like to show they approve. And Facebook will keep track of how many people have liked what you posted. If Facebook had been around in the early days of Jesus' ministry, he would have been getting lots of likes. Thousands of people would have heard about a miracle and clicked on like. They would have heard him teach more likes. People would have been being healed of some awful disease. Bunches of likes. Get the idea? Then Jesus' teaching began to get more challenging. He was calling for a deep commitment and a change in people's worship. The religious leaders were already turning against him and making threats against him. Jesus challenged the way they did church back then and the ways the leaders had used their positions for power and money. You can imagine how the church leaders felt about that. On Facebook, you can also unlike someone or something. The counter can go down instead of up. By the time Jesus preached his series of parables in Matthew 13, today's gospel lesson, the likes would have slowed to a stop. The number of likes would have been going down, slowly at first, but then picking up speed. Can you picture the counter just going backwards? Things were getting downright hostile. The crowds were becoming smaller. Resistance to Jesus was becoming threatening. Can you imagine the disciples' reaction? Hey, what's going on here? This isn't how it's supposed to be. He's the Messiah. The crowds are supposed to get bigger. If the Romans start to flex their muscle, Jesus can just flick them away. Opposition is to be crushed. The Pharisees and priests who get in the way, they'll be replaced. 
But that wasn't happening. The disciples were stressing, feeling vulnerable, even attacked. Some might have been wondering, did we sign up for this? Discouraged, confused, afraid. The disciples needed some encouragement, some comfort, some reassurance. Do you ever feel that way? That this isn't the way it's supposed to be, we say, for those who follow Jesus. The world is heading in the wrong direction. So maybe our feelings are justified. An article from the Wall Street Journal in 2014, just nine years ago, said that Christianity was the most persecuted faith in the world. Jesus said it would be so. You have heard previously about how in the Middle East, especially in Muslim countries, Christians are second-class citizens at best, with few rights and protections. Churches are burned. Pastors and priests are beaten or imprisoned or worse. That's frightening. It's not that bad in the United States yet, but you can clearly see the shift that's been going on. In many college classes, Professors openly attack belief in God in general and Christianity in particular. Students are paying thousands of dollars for their education. Christian students are right to resent being constantly bombarded with anti-Christian rhetoric. In those same universities, professors who are Christians may not get a promotion or tenure or be published because of what they teach about creation or life. Jesus' name is systematically being removed from everyday life except as a curse word. That's discouraging. But what can you do? There's a story about one professor who was notoriously anti-Christian. One day he stood before the class, looked up and said loudly, God, if you are real... I demand that you strike me down right here. Nothing happened. A couple of students snickered. A few students were uncomfortable. He said it again a second time and a third time. A student, a former Marine, got up, came forward, and punched the professor in the head, knocking him to the floor then returned to his seat. The professor finally got up, regained his composure, and yelled, I told God to strike me. The Marine shrugged his shoulders and said, God was busy. He sent me. Perhaps you're disturbed by what's going on in the church itself. Radical churches picket funerals of soldiers killed in action. What a bad name those few give God's church. Or consider the scandals with embezzlement or sexual misconduct involving church leaders that hit the news often. Entire Christian denominations are choosing to embrace the ways of this liberal culture rather than follow scripture. Service organizations affiliated with our own church body have come out in support of causes that are clearly contrary to our Christian beliefs. 
Those people who say they have no religious affiliation at all are growing in number in our country. That's hard to take. We can certainly understand how the disciples felt back then. We are confused. We wonder. We are discouraged. It's not supposed to be this way. We need a word of encouragement. We need some comfort. We need to be reassured. So Jesus tells the disciples and us two parables. They're very short parables. A man finds a treasure in a field and gives up everything to buy that field. A man finds a precious pearl and gives up everything to buy the pearl. Now we know the characters or objects in a parable represent something or someone Jesus wants us to relate to. So in both parables, we have a man who finds something precious for which he is willing to give up everything. So who is the man and who is the treasure? Well, we certainly couldn't buy our way into God's presence. Heaven isn't something that we could get by giving up everything. No, the man in both parables, of course, is Jesus. He will give up everything. He will give up his place in glory. He will give up his power and prestige to come down from on high to be born into this fallen world. He will give up his popularity and safety to complete his mission. He will subject himself to the cruelest torture and give up his life. He will give up everything for the precious pearl, for the treasure. Know what that means? The disciples are the treasure in Jesus' eyes. They are the pearl he wants so much that he'll give up everything. And not just his disciples. We too. You and me. We're the treasure in Jesus' eyes. He gave up everything for us, too. Jesus tells these parables to give us a word of encouragement. He wants to reassure us that what we see going on is not the way things really are. He treats us with that special dignity that comes from being God's wonderful creations formed in our mother's wombs. Jesus treats every person with the total sanctity of life. He will sort things out at the end of time. Those who have persecuted the church will find out who is Lord of all. Those who've done evil in his name will learn the price for their misdeeds. And those who are faithful to the end will rejoice in his glory as he comes back for us. But until that last day, we need encouragement. We need some comfort. We've all heard the phrase comfort food. When people are feeling down, they eat a certain food to make them feel better. Perhaps it's a favorite dessert, like ice cream, or hot buttered popcorn, or an entire bag of potato chips, or chocolate. For Pastor Brian, we all know it's M&M's. But for us in the church, Jesus gives us the ultimate comfort food. We go up to the Lord's table 
and receive everything he gave for us, his body, his blood, given and shed for us. We are welcomed to eat discomfort food and know that Jesus is truly present in our lives just as he was with the disciples so long ago. Risen from the dead, alive, working his wonderful gifts of life and salvation in us. Now that's a comfort. Some people use water to help them feel better. A hot bath, a hot tub, a vacation on the beach, Believers have water too. In the baptismal water, Jesus comes to us and says, You are mine. I gave everything, paid it all. Know that you will always be precious in my sight. Just a few weeks ago in the baptismal liturgy, we welcomed a newly baptized baby with these words. In holy baptism, God the Father has made you a member of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and an heir with us of all the treasures of heaven in the one holy Christian and apostolic church. Now that's encouraging, comforting. Yes, there are times we really need a word of encouragement, something to reassure us that despite what we see happening in the world, in our country, in the church, Jesus still sees us as his pearls of great price. Listen to these passages from 1 Peter. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isaiah but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. From Colossians. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. Yes, sometimes we need a word of encouragement. Sometimes we just need to be built up. Sometimes we just need some comfort. Today, hopefully, you've heard it. We are Jesus' treasure. He gives up everything for us. And now Jesus provides the encouragement we need with his body and his blood, with water and his word. Amen. Please rise. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty.
God has chosen us to be his treasured possessions and has given his son to die for us. Let us go to him with all our concerns. For the church around the world that lay and clergy members alike seek to reveal the invisible treasure of God's love in Christ. For the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and for the pastors and lay delegates that they seek for unity and that they would listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit at the Synodical Convention. For all who seek value in themselves that they discover God's great love for them and for all of those who will face God's judgment at the end of the age, that they realize the forgiveness he offers in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the leaders of the world's nations that they seek to relieve conflict and ensure justice, for farmers and ranchers, that they look for ways to feed all the hungry, all while caring for God's good earth. For all who go into harm's way in our communities and across the globe. And for all who work to meet the needs of those who are sick and suffering. Let us pray to the Lord. For those near and dear to us in their various crises of loss, health, and long-term ills. We pray for Joan Walker as she faces surgery, for Linda Miller recovering from surgery, for Pat, pastor's dear friend, recovering from a fall, for Crystal, for Joel as he recovers from surgery, for Jeremy's family as they mourn the passing of Victoria, his grandmother, and for the family of Steve Westall, who was called to his heavenly home. We pray for all the victims of flood, fire, or quake throughout our country and the world, and for those who feel helpless and do not know where to turn. Let us pray to the Lord. For ourselves, parents and children, singles and couples, young and old, that we strengthen one another in faith and love, in strength and confidence amid the conflicts and turmoil of this world, that God's love and grace be evident in how we care for one another. Let us pray to the Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who kept all your gracious promises, who died for the sins of the whole world, and from whom nothing in all creation can separate us. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for in great love you sent your Son to atone for the sins of the whole world. We rejoice to receive his body and blood in, with, and under this bread and wine for our salvation. Here we see your eternal promises made visible. 
Here we grasp the great price you paid. Here we have a foretaste of the feast to come in the eternal kingdom of your Son, our Lord. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do, in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for never and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated. It 
Let us pray. We give thanks, Lord our God, that you have again assured us of inclusion in the kingdom of heaven by giving us your Son's body and blood to strengthen our faith. Receive the benediction. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and rain fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. We sing our closing hymn, number 680.
Please be seated. We ask that you keep Pastor Brian and all the convention delegates in your prayers as many important matters that affect the future of our church are being debated and voted on at this convention. I'll bet you there's some announcement. All right. The Trinity Picnic is around the corner um, August 5th at the Car Power House Park at Whiskey Town Lake at, at 10 o'clock a.m. So we will have hot dogs and hamburgers and water. So please sign up for the attendance, sides, salads, and dessert, and the carpool. So we have it back there. And uh, we have two carpools that can have uh, two passengers, Kathy Barrow that, uh, and Lois Chambers. And we also have Laura uh, Kegel. Um, the recreation park is on an open fire restriction, meaning no charcoal. But we can have propane barbecue, and I have one available. And um, Merle, graciously, uh, uh, is going to be uh, giving that for availability for another propane barbecue. So we're on it. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, so um, let me go here. <laughs> The park has a wonderful covering and shade with the bathroom amenities and sidewalks. And I believe we have some uh, pictures over there and uh, to, to see, and you can see that it's, it's shaded and it has uh, a wonderful covering for, the, um, for you guys to come in. And uh, I also have some water bottle fans and uh, um, you know things to keep us cool. So if you guys could... Uh, Please come over and enjoy. Make sure you sign over there. Yes? Yes. We still have the sign list over there. So um, I hope to see you guys there, and we're going to have a great time. It's going to be really fun. Good morning. Um, I am calling all the youth that will be in high school in 2025 because there is a national youth convention or gathering in New Orleans and it's going to be pretty pricey so we're going to be doing lots and lots and lots of fundraisers. So if you guys can help support us in any way, um, we are not we are just in the very beginning of planning, so nothing is set. I don't have any more details except that it will be July 19th through the 26th in 2025. So um, you'll be hearing a lot from me soon and for many, many, many months. <laughs> oh, thank you. And this Wednesday there will be a youth pool party at Mary Ann Schrader's house at 6 o'clock. Just in case anyone missed it, we are having a California, Nevada, Hawaii convention in this very town next year, next April. 
and we're having a planning meeting this Wednesday. All women that want to know more about it are welcome to come. Um, and that's all, yes? Like the 19, 19, 20, and 21. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Um, I think uh, they have filled all of their needs, but um, we are still taking some stuff over to the family. If anybody wants to donate gift cards or school clothes or anything, I'm going to be doing it this week. Yeah. They're in the narthex, the ages and the names of the children. Yeah. Lunch will be served at um, the... Um, the gathering on Wednesday. We're having a meeting this Wednesday at 10 to noon, and we are having women from the North State gathering here, so they'll be traveling, so we're having a lunch after. So if you come, bring a salad. Um, we're going to feed them before they take off and go back home. We encourage you to join us in the coffee bar for some coffee, snacks, and some really nice fellowship before you leave for the rest of the day. Have a wonderful day. Bless the Lord. Good job. Great job. Thank you. Wonderful job.